0: This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: Welcome to our Behind the Markets podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Schwartz. Alongside Wharton Friends Professor Jeremy Siegel, we tackle the latest market trends every week on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, SiriusXM, Channel 132. Welcome to a special edition of our Behind the Markets podcast. We'll be talking with Sam Reins, who is the chief economist at Avalon Advisors. Sam and I just spent uh, some time together at Camp Kotak in Maine on a, on a fishing trip and a uh, good time with a bunch of economists, uh, market strategists and, and other interesting people. Sam, thanks for joining us on on the Behind the Markets here. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me, Jeremy.
1: Uh You know, I thought it'd be fun to just recap a little bit anything you learned in Maine thoughts that you took away um we could go back and forth on on different things that we we found interesting but uh but curious if if uh anything struck you from all the different conversations as as most interesting
0: you know I think the thing that I found most striking in conversations about nearly everything was the level of uncertainty around forecasts generally uh, normally you know there's a few outliers you know there's a few headline grabbers uh, but this time it was legitimately all over the board whether it was inflation whether it was employment whether it was how the Delta variant and other variant emerging variants were going to affect the economy in years to come. the level of uncertainty and admitted uncertainty uh, was much higher than I think it has been in the past. I think that led to more enlightening conversations, uh, more in-depth conversations, looking to listen and learn and iterate their own presuppositions. I, th- I thought it was incredibly productive from that angle.
1: In terms of you know where you see you know right now the. There's big discussions of the different infrastructure packages, taxes going to this. Is there going to be a three trillion dollar follow-up package to the the recent infrastructure package? How do you see that navigating? What are the politics on on the read from from your side?
0: On the read on the read from my side, I think it's going to be difficult to get you know, three trillion additional spending through. I don't think it's going to be difficult to get some additional spending through. So. Frankly, on the tax front, it's even more difficult to get done to now in a midterm election. I think you're likely to see more spending, but some tentativeness around actual implementation of higher rates. That um, Generally, uh, we would say that the global minimum tax is uh, kind of more headline than teeth. Uh, we don't think that's going to have a significant effect on global earnings, but we do think it's going to have the intended uh call it the intended headline, uh, which is higher taxes blah blah, blah, but we don't think that that's actually going to be something that in and of itself will hurt markets or or hurt earnings across the board.
1: You know, one of the things you and I talked about was how do you position portfolios and You know, when you think about the the narratives right now, uh, certainly there's all the economy stuff we talked about and what that means for bonds, the the equity news. You've got all this uncertainty uh, and some self-imposed uncertainty from China in in their actions they're taking. Do you look at that? uh, How is your team looking at uh, emerging markets? How do you think about sort of general portfolio allocations today?
0: it's interesting because of the level of uncertainty over the next call it several years around potential outcomes. It's, it's important to look in our opinion at in overall allocation and figure out where you believe the uncertainty is likely to be the least effective in terms of uh, moving the needle negative. Right. Uh, So I would say, Really thinking about what the consequences are of prolonged COVID outcomes. In other words, that you don't just have a 2020 incident or a most of 2021 um, COVID effect, but you have a more lingering longer-term effect on labor markets, inflation, supply chains, etc. Uh, figuring out how that plays in, figuring out how that works with Uh, commodities, et cetera, uh, is really important at the moment in understanding where the risks lie uh, within portfolios. I think it's much more about mitigating risk than it is about chasing returns at the moment and understanding that your initial conditions within equities, within bonds, private equity, et cetera, are all rather elevated in terms of their uh, price and mitigating the level of risk from that initial condition is incredibly important, particularly on the equity side. So I would say, just understanding how or what the client or what the portfolio's purposes is, is far more important than it has been for the last decade.
1: And and do you have a view on that transitory versus permanent? Uh, you know, if you if you think about the the the, the core of portfolios that have been that ballast into to go more conservative you go to bonds um and you know i w- i if i have a worry on the market today it's that this inflation is the is less transitory and that sort of a rising bond yield is the sell-off for equities um but do you have any other views on that any anything on what, what do you do to be conservative is it just go to cash
0: right now you know cash you know to inflation is you know a guaranteed negative on an outcome i would say it is somewhat likely that you know you would have a rise in bond yields cause some angst within the markets, but it's not going to cause angst across all asset classes. It's not going to cause angst across all sectors, and I think balancing the sectors instead of just looking at call it an index that's heavily weighted one way or the other, but having uh, in call it having an allocation that takes into account uh, what kind of sector you're allocated to. Uh, What would trigger an upside or downside within that sector uh, is incredibly important right now. My personal view uh, would be that this is far more transitory than it is permanent. We've already begun to see a number of those categories begin to come down. Uh, but you also you have rental cars, you have you know other you know, things where supply beginning to come back down. And on the other front, you know, on the but on the other side, you have things that are probably less transitory, including housing, um, your owner's equivalent rent, that type of thing, that I think is more of a secular trend of moving from apartments and into homes following COVID uh, that will affect inflation going forward. So I think it's a little bit of a 50-50 there. But positioning around that, I, I think is it's more important to look underneath the decks to what the effect would be of a rising interest rate. Right, that would be generally negative for tech-heavy indices, and it would be generally positive for things that are more heavily weighted towards, uh, we'll call it, broad commodities and financials. Uh, so I think you have you have to be more cognizant of what the um, what asset class you're buying into and what actually constitutes uh, that asset class than before
1: uh, being that you're uh, e- economist oriented uh, and we're going to have a lot of fed taper talk coming up um, towards the end of the towards the end of the year do you have a forecast for when you think this taper will actually commence
0: right now I think there's there's an awful lot of talk coming from uh, Call it the regional presidents, uh, and not so much taper talk coming from the board of governors. I think there's quite a tension between those two camps at the moment around when to taper and why to taper. So you're probably going to have a compromise, which is you know get some taper talk out of Jackson Hole, begin to have some real rhetoric in October, and then end up with the taper beginning. Uh, call it December or January. Uh, of 2021 or 2022, I'm, I'm less of a call it critic of when they begin to taper. And the interesting thing to me is the timing of the taper matters only because it brings forward or pushes out the possibility of the first rate hike and the true tightening cycle of the Fed. I think that's the most important part about the call it the rhetoric or the narrative around the taper if you begin to pull forward or pull in um, towards today more that first rate hike, uh, it's going to continue to put pressure on the longer end of the curve because the market's going to begin to price in less and less inflation over the longer run, uh, less growth, et cetera uh, that the Fed isn't going to let everything run amok in terms of inflation or in terms of growth. And that's that's potentially an interesting conversation around, does the long end of the curve actually look, call it relatively cheap here in terms of the 10-year yield and the 30-year yield? Uh, because you're going to begin to bring some of that froth out of inflation expectations and growth expectations. You know,
1: one of the conversations around camp was how you position portfolios and you know one of the the hosts talked about a a portfolio position that was really double the weight in healthcare uh in their sector allocation so almost 20 over 25% healthcare in a sector rotation portfolio, uh, is is that consistent with with how, how you're, you view the world? Is that appropriate with the COVID dynamics and and all the, the changes happening there? Or any other sector positions that you would you would uh, want to talk about?
0: I, while I agree with the general thesis of healthcare, you know, and whether it's demographics and aging America, or COVID and the need for you know vaccines and treatments over the long run. Etc. There's the part that was, I was ignored, but was underplayed, which is the political front uh, that I that I struggle with taking that risk. That there is always the political risk that if you begin to have too much profitability in healthcare, if you begin to have healthcare costs rise significantly, the easiest way to get votes is to either give some healthcare for free or lower healthcare prices generally. Okay the next couple of years, I would be less excited about it over the long run, just given the political risk.
1: Well, Sam, thanks for joining me on Behind the Markets to talk a little bit about what you took away and and give us uh, some of your your world picture views here. Thanks for for joining us.
0: Thank you, Jeremy. Always a pleasure.
1: Thanks for listening to the Behind the Markets podcast. If you want to learn more about Wisdom Tree, visit WisdomTree.com.